You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Welcome to episode 22 of Prince Kai Sam Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. I'm Becca. And I'm Bethany. And this is covering chapters 26 and 27 of Cinder. Oh, but also we're missing Ashley. Ashley couldn't be here this week. We all three plan to be here Friday. Yes. For the next episode, (laughs) which we plan to record. Episode 23, we'll all be back together again. Yes. 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 And that's the so. beauty of, of me getting to have two co-hosts is uh, sometimes when one person isn't available, someone else can step in and help out. This show must go on. Yes, it must. Yeah. How's it going, Bethany? Exhausted, but really good. I had a fantastic weekend. I ha- I wrote that essay that I told you about to try to get all of my classes approved since you're only allowed to take like five and I wanted to take eight and (laughs) no one had got back to me. So I was like, Oh, they must not have approved it. You know, that class starts Monday. I, they would have told me by now. And Saturday, my department had an open house. I went to meet all my teachers and drove an hour and 20 minutes to campus and met the Dean, the president and the director of my program and that's when they told me they were waiting to tell me in person. So it has been approved. I'm taking a bajillion credit hours between now and spring, but I will be able to graduate in spring, assuming I pass all of my classes, which shouldn't be an issue. So it's very exciting. Wow. Your school's an hour and a half away? Yeah, it's all online. So I never go to campus, yeah. but it's it's like an hour, 20 minute drive from the house because it's in Hattiesburg and we're in Biloxi. So oh, it, okay. it's probably the equivalent of like going to Lincoln for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It was really cool to meet everyone in person because I've never done that. And I found out I'm top in my class so that's exciting because I didn't know that was a thing I thought it was like a high school thing you have a 4.0 right I mean there's no doing better than that in college there's no AP classes to boost up past a 4.0 yes and I'm I kind of I don't know why but my brain sort of separates the the high school aspirations from the college aspirations you know because you don't really have like 
valid Victorian and Salutorian and things like Mm -hmm. that. So I wasn't really thinking in terms of like, oh, who's, you know, top of the class. I was just like, oh, I have a 4.0. So finding that out was really cool. I didn't know. I just didn't. I wasn't expecting it is all. But it was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. You've been going to school there so successfully for so long. You hadn't met like teachers and deans and whatnot. The whole online thing is just. Well, I've only been in school a year. It seems like forever. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know why it seems to me like you've been going there forever because it also seems like you just moved away five minutes ago. And I know that you weren't going to school in Mississippi when you lived here. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think my whole concept of time is just like not a thing anymore. Like it just doesn't compute. Same. Like time is meaningless. Especially down here because we don't really get seasonal changes the way that we do in the Midwest. So today... Right. Today, when Quentin went for a run, it was 95 degrees outside. It's October. It should be nice and fall weather with a light breeze, and you should smell like dried leaves everywhere. And, you know, that's not really a thing down here. You don't get those seasonal shifts to let you know when time is passing. Oh, my goodness. And when I was leaving the house this morning with the kids, I looked at our little weather station, And it told me that it was like 64 in the camper and 31 outside. And I thought, maybe I should put some sweaters or something on my children. (laughs) Leaving with these two-year-olds to go to the cold truck. And like Ben had short sleeves on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jerry went out to the truck to get their cold hoodies that had been sitting out there all weekend. Oh, um, how was your week? I haven't got to talk to you. Oh my gosh, yeah. So it was good. We spent five days out in Neola and it was lovely. I, Pottawatomie County, Iowa, when I was a kid, it did not have that good of a reputation. People thought that Council Bluffs, which is like the biggest city in that county, People thought that it was like not a good place, really. People would kind of make fun of it. But I gotta say, you know, their county, I mean, Council Bluffs has changed a lot. It is now a very nice place to live. But the whole county is amazing. They have so many gorgeous parks and they take care of them so well. And it's super cheap to camp there, to stay there. We got a membership to the Pottawatomie County Conservation Foundation. And our membership for a year was like $50, but it included like two park passes that get us into all of their county parks. It included a half day canoe or paddle boat rental and two nights of free camping or like you know not free because we paid for the membership but you know or one night in a cabin which is like that's $55 anyway is to stay in a cabin for a night so it's like if you're ever gonna you know spring for a cabin then just become a member because duh but the best part so like the Nebraska State Parks they charge an outrageous amount for camping they charge like $35 a night 
Wow. Yeah. They don't do like weekly? No. Plus, you have to have the permit like on your car to drive your car into the park. And that's like $45 or $50 a year, but it's a calendar year. So if you buy it January 1st, you get the full year out of it. Right. But but if you buy it in November, you only get a month. Exactly. And I have a new car. So like I would right now need a new permit. That's horrible. It's awful. But so in Iowa at this, at this county, you buy the pass for a year, but it's for for a year, like a full, whenever you buy it. So like we bought ours on, you know, October, whatever, it doesn't expire until the same October, whatever next year. That's awesome. I'm so excited. And also on Sunday, we went and checked out Hitchcock Nature Center, which is like 1200 acres. And it's so stinking gorgeous because it's up in the hills, you know, like, and you can just like see for miles and miles and miles. And it's amazing. That so we're definitely, lovely. yeah, it was great. And the park had the, the little chili fest on Saturday. And I thought it was just a chili fest. Like I thought it was just like, Hey, come eat chili. It'll be fun. Right. And then we're going and there's like children in Halloween costumes. People have like candy that they're handing out from their campsites. Kids are trick or treating. They had hay rack rides. They had like a free pumpkin or gourd for like every kid could take one and they could like decorate it if they wanted to. It was super awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys got to have so much fun together as a family. Me too. The kids wore their dragon outfits. It was great. Oh, <laughs> well, I know you missed last week's episode, but you got to listen to it. Did you have any thoughts to share? I did. What did I email you? Well, we did get a couple um, listener comms. Yes. No, but you got a calm from me. What did I say? There was some speculation, right, about how I would have thought that Cinder's head. Oh, was yes. Yes. Okay. Because so, I read it in a very Android voice, like, yeah. like text to speak, and Ashley read it right. in a pre-recorded voice. And I like her voice better. That was how I thought it would be. Because especially like, I don't know, personally, if an Android was talking to me in like your Bethany Android voice, that would not be calming to me. That would just make me want to punch it. But it's inside her head. So you can't like punch the inside of your own head. So I feel like it just has to be the kind of voice that Ashley demonstrated yeah absolutely and I think she was right to to make the claim that like that type of programming would have been put in in place for those moments since it's trying to calm you down exactly yeah I thought so too speech to text even these days has come a long way it has because they're, they're able to just isolate like if you're familiar with the international phonetic alphabet if you're making a speech to text, then you just isolate like every sound of the international phonetic alphabet. You can put it together into any word with any inflection. So I would imagine that Cinder's like internal interface has that sort of 
of sophistication. I agree. What did you think of our listener comms last week? So we had two last week. So the first one, I'm so excited to listen to her podcast. And that's such a great question. I think that she had about, you know, the logistics of having multiple people. And and she was saying that, you know, she and her co-host often like think the same thing, like, you know, simultaneously or whatever. Um, It's such a good point. And it's so funny. It's so funny how the world works because just today, I was listening to Sawbones, which in an old episode, you, I had mentioned it like in one of my emails to you, it was an episode that I missed and you were like, I don't even know what Sawbones is, but something. And yeah, I don't so know what Sawbones a, is. Okay. So it's a comedic medical history podcast. Okay. Okay. So it's from the McElroy universe. So it's, it's the oldest brother and the oldest Smurl and it's amazing. But so she's a doctor and then he's a McElroy. So it's like funny, but also informative. (laughs) Okay. So, but today um, they were talking about the Hippocratic Oath, but they also just made this offhand comment about, because Sydney was saying like, yes, I got this email from so-and-so about blah, blah, blah. And then Justin was like, I didn't get an email. And she was like, well, technically you did, but I checked the Sawbones emails. Right. So then they talked about that because he was like, yeah, you check the Sawbones emails and like I make Griffin check them a bim bams and like so and so does adventure like Travis does adventure zone, blah, blah, blah. And they, they just went on this random little tangent for a minute about how important it is to have, yeah, just one person in charge of checking emails or checking social media or whatever. And then if it's something to share amongst everybody you forward it on. So I just thought that was so cool that like that just happened to come up also on that today. But but that's pretty much, you know, how you how you've handled Prince Kai is just that, you know, you've got the stuff. And then Ashley and I get these lovely group texts of like every time a calm comes in or you know certain things on on Instagram that you want to share with us and stuff. And it's perfect because there's no like question of who read this did anybody read this has anybody responded so also also the good thing about it is I'm aware of spoilers so Ashley hasn't finished reading this series you haven't finished reading even Cinder so if we get Mm -hmm. someone who wants to ask a spoiler question or who has a question that perhaps they don't realize is a spoiler but it is then I can communicate with them and I can answer it I can't answer it on air, but I can still have a conversation with them. And that's really nice too, because then it's, it's not, you know, I don't ever want to ignore someone's messages just because of something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so that also is, is the best because, you know, then the listeners don't have to worry or wonder about like, Oh, can I ask them this at this point? They can ask you anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I even had someone, I had someone today who sent me a message about Heartless, which I mean, it'll be like three years before we get to Heartless. So I know. And I want to hear you be the guest on Leah's pod talking about it, but I'm not going to be allowed to for so long. The meeting was last night. We recorded last night and it was a lot of fun. It's very difficult. I've gotten so used to talking chapter by chapter. It's very 
strange to do just the whole book in half an hour, but it was a lot of fun. And it's always nice to meet a new person and talk about books. For sure. Well, and that's going to be her first episode, right? Is that what I heard? Yes. Yeah. So I'm so excited. So um, you'll definitely, you know, even though we are spoiler free, you'll have to, with a big disclaimer, like don't, you know, listen to this particular episode if you don't want spoiled, but you will definitely have to post that link, please. Um, because yes. I want to listen to, you know, episode two and, and then on because she's doing like all young adult lit and it sounds great. Yes, um, it's very exciting. And I, I yeah, gave her a recommendation yeah, for some other authors and she's really excited to go check them out. Because we're on a, we have a Facebook group in common and she was asking on there if anybody, you know, had recommendations for authors or books or if anybody wanted to, you know, guest like you did. And so, yeah, I'm very excited that you were able to do that. Me too. We also had a calm about whether or not the antidote was in Kai's pocket and if he felt the urge mm-hmm. to give it to Cinder. What did you think of that? Yeah, you know, I saw that. And when I was reading at the time, I didn't think anything of that. But I'm very glad that that they brought that up because I do recall the first time I read it through, I was wondering, like, why is he balling up his hands in his pockets? That's weird. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, he totally would have been gripping that vial. But as far as like the urge to give it to Cinder... Yeah, I mean, if that even crossed his mind, that had to be so hard, you know, because as a leader, you have a responsibility to everyone. And you can't, you know, just help the one person at the expense of your entire population. Or the entire world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, I mean, that's just, that had to be tough. That's so much, that's so much to be sprung on someone so young. Yeah. Or really any age, but. Well, I'm glad we got to get your opinions on those. It always, it's always nice when we get those listener comms and we get to chat about everything. Totally. So last week's fan art is actually, hasn't happened yet, so we're recording this in advance, but it will be. By the time you listen to this, it will have been all of our logo contest entries, which is super exciting. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to put them up on our Instagram and our Facebook, and you'll have until the end of October to vote on which ones you like best. And then the three of us will get together and we'll look at all the voting and we'll, we'll make a final decision. That's so exciting. Yes, I can't believe it's already here. Can you can you believe no. how far we've come from that that I Facebook know. message I sent you back in April? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. Okay. So let's get into some chapter discussion. We've got some big ones today. We're covering chapters 26 and 27. Yes. And if yeah. you remember... We left off last week with Cinder receiving the vial of the antidote and rushing off to save Peony. Yeah. And we pick back up with Kai 17 minutes late to this meeting of the world leaders. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
So he's 17 minutes late. He gets there. Obviously, Torin is furious. But let's first Obviously. talk about all of these different countries and the different leaders they have. Okay, thank you. Because I, this afternoon, went down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out what the heck is going on with this world. Yes, because <laughs> there's a lot going on with this world. Yes. So we have, let me pull up. My oh, I have it in down. my book if you want. Do you? Have yes. The United Kingdom the European Federation, the African Union, the American Republic, and Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that plus the Commonwealth gives us six countries. So, yeah. So we have six countries on the entire planet. And, but see, this is where I get very, a little thrown off because we have the European Federation. We also have the United Kingdom. So. It's just crazy to think, I guess. I I know that Britain or whatever has been a huge empire in the past, but, you know, currently they don't have a lot of colonies left. They're pretty much, you know, their own nice little country that I love. But as far, I, I and I know that they're still really influential, but it's just so interesting to me that they're separate from the European Federation. They're their own little teeny tiny <laughs> in comparison. Well, I was wondering, I was wondering if the United Kingdom included Canada. Oh, interesting. Because I can't see a world where Canada got the choice to join America or the United Kingdom and they chose America. Hmm, interesting. Which would then make the United Kingdom a fairly substantial kingdom because Canada land mass wise Canada is what the third largest in the world isn't it Russia it's Russia China Canada and then us right I'm not I'm not sure I know I know India is huge too but um I'm I'm gonna google it okay I suppose it depends how much of the polar ice caps have melted because so much of Canada is up north Actually, I was wrong. It's Russia, then Canada, then the United States, and China is in last. And India is actually seventh behind Brazil and Australia. Brazil, that's the one I couldn't remember. Yes. I knew there was another. So, so Canada is the second largest landmass in the world. So just if you want to go by just landmass, that plus the United Kingdom as we know it now. Mm-hmm. With, I mean, perhaps they have a couple of other parts of Europe that got split between the United Kingdom and the European Federation. That's a, that's a fairly substantial unit. I guess. Yeah. And they probably would still have like a lot of their islands that are territories. It, I guess I, you know, population wise though, I mean, it's, it's so much smaller than any of these other six even with Canada factored in, even with, you know, whatever else they might potentially have. Yeah, because if you combine the current population of the United Kingdom and Canada, I just, mm-hmm. I just did the math and it's, it's only 100 million. Yeah, that's quite small. Which not to, I don't want that to sound like there's not a lot. I don't want to like 100 million. No, 100 million is a lot. It is. But 
But just to give some perspective, <laughs> the entire population of the United States of America is right around 300 million. So it's literally a third of the size of our own country. And that's if you combine it with Canada. Right. And in this future, we, the United States, seem to be combined with all of North Central South America. I would, I think that's the only assumption we can make because. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm not sure what part they would. I suppose you could argue that some of the Central America call islands could be a part of Africa. I think it's a stretch, but I know that there's that one island off the coast of South America that's like right next to Antarctica that belongs to the United Kingdom, but South America wants possession of it. Mm-hmm. So. I'm I'm not sure. I think I think you are correct. I think when it says the American Republic, it means everything except Canada. I genuinely think Canada is a part of the United Kingdom. I don't think it would be a part of the Rep- American Republic. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. But then I I was also wondering, you know, my initial like gut reaction was like, really? Like the UK is its own thing? But then I thought like, what about this whole Brexit thing? So I looked that up to see when that was first, like on their ballot or whatever, and it was voted in 2016. And this book came out 2015? 2012. Oh, 2012. Yes, 2012. So I mean, a couple, well, quite a few that. years before Brexit was a concern. So that, so this wouldn't be a product of you know, hey, this Brexit thing is happening soon, potentially in our current world. So I'll still make them not. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) the England thing. Let's move on. What do we think? What do we think separates the European Federation from the United from the the Eastern Commonwealth? We know that the Eastern Commonwealth stretches to Mumbai. We know that Dr. Erland, for some reason, we we just found out the last chapter that Dr. Erland is a lunar, but this entire book, he's had an Eastern accent, which is going to be, you know, North, Northeast Europe. So right around Russia. So does that mean parts of Russia are in the Eastern Commonwealth and parts of Russia are in the European Federation? I think probably. In the same way that like in Turkey, there's European Turkey and there's Asian Turkey and it like divides right in the middle of Istanbul. <laughs> like yes, yes. Um, I would think that it's something along those lines. I don't know though, because we don't seem to have a lot of religion in this world. And it does seem that a lot of those more arbitrary seeming divisions are based on where religious populations live whereas like you know it traditionally I guess like I think of you know being from Nebraska I think of borders as being like well the river's the state line (laughs) you know it's not just like some random imaginary line well 
Well, I think the strangest thing that captures my attention, like the biggest thing I want her to spend two hours explaining to me (laughs) is how, and I, I know that this is supposed to be like, I think we agreed that this is at least two to 300 years in the future, if not far more. But I think it, the biggest thing to me that I want her to explain is how we got peace in the middle of in the middle East, because the different, the two main types of religion that exist within the Muslim religion have been at odds since before Jesus walked the earth. So a very long time. And it seems at least at the moment and for several years now, i for literally centuries, it has seemed like there will never be peace in those regions. And somehow in her world, they they not only have peace, but they're separated into a world where religion doesn't even seem to exist. Mm-hmm. Is it terrible that that seems kind of utopic to me? <laughs> no, I think it does sound utopic because if you if you take a look back at history, Plenty of wars have been fought in the name of religion. I mean, look at the the rampage that the Crusades caused all across Europe, both Crusades for that matter. I mean, yeah, obviously there's still war and there's still issues, but it it kind of seems like their only war issue right now is with Luna, not each other. Right. And then the other thing I was curious about, what on earth is the population? Small, right? Right six countries on this planet and we know that Beijing is only a couple million a couple million that's like the population of San Diego like what is the population of this entire planet at the moment because it's got it can't be near the seven billion that we're at right now no absolutely not nowhere near it I I don't know I mean it seems to be cut by like I don't know maybe 10 percent of what it used to be right well, the current population of Beijing is 21 and a half million. So it's at like 10% of right. what you Right. So that would mean that there's only 7 million people left on the planet. That's a substantially smaller number. That's so small. That's like it is. 7. And I also think that that would lead me to believe that we're a lot more than two to 300 years into the future if the population has gotten to the point where there's only six countries, there's no such thing as religion, we haven't had war in forever, in at least 126 years we have not had war, and the population is down to 7 million people. Yeah, I. you're probably right that we're probably quite a few more hundred years in the future than like what my initial estimate probably was, which I suppose it's good that the planet has even lasted that long. Cause right now I don't expect it to, but also, yeah, I, I don't know this world. It's like so different. It's so weird. And I just, I really wish we knew how it got there. I wish that Marissa Meyer would just like write, us like a okay here's the timeline of what happened to your planet that brought us to this point because I really want to know like how how does this happen how is basically like how is the UK being ruled by a queen so so who we have in this meeting we have the queen Camilla from the UK which I will get into the Camilla thing 
when oh god i didn't even capture oh. that camilla <laughs> I did not even capture that moment. That's insane. Okay, yes. So we have yeah, one we have- queen, two prime ministers, one president, one governor general, three state representatives, and two province representatives. Correct. So I, I mean, oh, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Um, I did want to point out that we do find out Kai does have other advisors besides Torin. Torin is just obviously the most important and influential because it says he was met with the disgruntled looks of Torin and four other government officials all sitting at a long table. Hmm. So maybe not advisors, but at least four people as government officials. I'm assuming they're from different regions that the Eastern Commonwealth is in charge of. That makes sense. And they're high ranking and all that. That does make sense. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to point that out real quick. Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, so in this this conference call, basically, we have six countries. Kai is the emperor. And then the other five, we have the queen from the UK. We have a prime minister and a state representative from the European Federation. We have a prime minister and a state representative from Africa. We have the president from America, along with a province representative, and then another American representative, which I'm assuming would also be a second province representative. It's, it's not specifically stated that that is their title, but I've kind of deduced that based on who it said earlier was all there. And then we have this governor general from Australia. So unaccounted for, we have, so we have one state rep. Somebody with the title of state rep was not mentioned. And then we have a province representative that's not full on mentioned, but that I would assume is the unnamed American representative, which that's why I thought that Canada would have still been part of the U.S. because I thought, well, okay, so we have two province reps plus the president. So you think one of them is for the lower half of America? I thought, yeah, well, yeah, I thought that either one was for South America and one was for Canada or, you know, it's president on top. And then, you know, if you think family tree style, then the two reps would be, you know, North America, South America. Right yeah. below that, but something along those lines. But then I, then I was wondering, like, you know, we have a state rep from Africa, a state rep from the European Feder- Federation. So do they just have one state and it's like bringing your VP along or like did just one state representative from each of those conglomerates happen to show up or like, what is the government structure? I need to know. Because I, I want to point out that I think the government structure seems to be very similar to like pre-feudal in the sense that there's a lot of sort of city states. And okay. I, I wonder if that means that certain representatives, you know, coming from the countries that they're coming from aren't just for 
you know, let's pretend, let's pretend that United States is still broken up into the United States and there's 50 different states and that Canada is a province and Mexico is a province and things like that. Mm-hmm. that. That would mean that perhaps places like the United States, where it's such a large land mass, would be broken up into quadrants, maybe. So like one state representative would be from northeast and it would cover, you know, such and such land mass providences and sections. Mm-hmm. I, that's my only explanation that I can come up with that makes sense to me. Am I by no means am I an expert? I just we're not given enough information at the moment. So what puzzled me was Europe and Africa each sending one state rep along with head of state. Because if they're broken up the way that you suggested, and the w- which I think is probably correct, I just wonder, like, why did the one from each place come and not any of the others or all of them or, or none of them? It just seems a little odd to me that if you have multiple states, you represent it separately from the rest of the country. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that we're given any indication as to why those decisions were made. I mean, I know that this is just a conference call, so perhaps they're limited to certain parameters. They can only have so many screens or they should only have so many people. Perhaps there's even legislature in different treaties that says, you know, this country is only allowed to send this many representatives and this country is only allowed to send this many representatives and things like that, because otherwise it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, it could be technology. It could just be how the rules work out. That I can see that. I think that's a very good point. Could very well be technology or space or laws, international, you know, ways of doing things. I just really like knowing things and I just want to know what it is because there's plenty of plausible explanations. I just want to know, like, what it is. Here's what Here's what I want. Listeners, do us a favor. There has got to be a fan art out there somewhere (laughs) that shows the globe as it is in this series. So someone please, please, please send it to me so I can share it on our Facebook or Instagram and I can share it with Becca and Ashley and we can get a clear image of what this world looks like. Someone please find that and send it to me. That would be amazing. But we do need to move on because we're barely into this chapter. (laughs) Looked at the notes and holy cow, we're barely into page one. Okay. Yes. And so, so Kai shows up 17 minutes late. Sassy Torin comes out. I love Sassy Torin so much. He's so great. Yeah. How kind of the young prince to grace us with his presence. Yes. So great. And so this is his first time sitting in his father's chair, which... Ooh, that's yeah. a moment. It is. That's big. And uh, and it like literally mentions like that he and I guess I'm skipping ahead, but like it mentions that he like feels like he's a child sitting on in on his dad's meetings and oh it just breaks my heart. But as we talked about before, those days are gone. Those those carefree, responsible free days are gone and his life is completely different now. And Kai asks a very important question. Is it secure? Is the line secure? And Mm -hmm. I love Torin's reaction is just, 
yeah, of course, the link has been verified for nearly 20 minutes. But Paranoid <laughs> Kai now has even more of a reason to be paranoid because Cinder just found a decom in his Android that not only caused a complete meltdown and malfunction of his Android, but he knows it came from Luna. Exactly. So do we, I mean, we're assuming that Luna is listening into this, right? I think it's safe to assume that Luna is listening in on everything. She's probably listening to us right now. Oh, absolutely. Because she's, hey, and Luna, she's probably. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is this. Do they not need to send a com to all the other Earthen leaders and tell them that Levon is visiting? Because it kind of seems like they found out like from listening and watching the news. Yeah. And they're not happy about that. Um, I mean, I don't, I would think that just international etiquette would have said that they should inform everyone that, hey, this enemy crazy thing is coming, but. I'm kind of surprised there isn't legislature in place in like treaties or something mm-hmm. that demands an announcement of some kind. Well, I wonder though, because, you know, they're all on earth, but you know, nobody's technically at war currently with Luna. You know, that's true. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely, um, problematic they're definitely weary um weary of her um but I I mean I wouldn't think that like diplomatically they could sign any sort of treaty or make it publicly publicly known or anything that they don't trust that bitch um I mean I think that they just kind of have to dance around a lot of stuff that way for sake of politics well Um, and kai even mentions kai even mentions in his inner monologue that everyone is refusing to say out loud what they all already know so it's it's going to be more politics like that where people are fear are hesitant to make certain accusations exactly yeah so if he Kai were to be like hey just a heads up this crazy bitch is coming you know um then that's that's awfully direct as far as what it seems like their actual norms are here which is to dance around a lot of stuff absolutely yeah and so after that we get this really nice imagery. Once again, Kai is digging his nails into his skin, but this time it's creating crescent moons. Yes, I caught that. It's very poetic. It truly is. And yeah, it was interesting that those words came back in such a different way. Um, Yeah. And here's the big thing. Kai is telling them that the antidote has been gifted to them by Lavana. Yes. Kai has this moment where he thinks Torin wouldn't want him to tell the rest of the world. 
But I have to agree with Kai. It's not up to the Commonwealth. That antidote belongs to the entire world and all of its Letamosa's victims. He has an obligation to tell them so they can make their own decisions. Exactly. No, I, I completely agree. And if he were to keep it just for them, I mean, that's what super evil dictators do, you know, and he absolutely is he is not that. Yeah. And I don't think Torn would have done it out of like evil dictatorship. I think it was more like hesitant to share that information until he knew for sure that it was worth sharing. So True. that it that they had time to test it and prove that it was a viable antidote. But I mean, like I said, it's not up to them to make that call. Right. Yeah. Very true. Very true. It's just, it's the right thing to do to share that information. So we find out that she could marry someone other than Kai, but Kai is the only one she could marry to obtain the power and the title that she wants. Exactly. Yeah. Cause everybody's kind of, or not everybody, but um there's this I guess Camilla has a kid um but can we talk Camilla for a second why on earth is the queen named Camilla is that is she's throwing some shade okay I don't know here's my theory um we're hundreds of years out right so perhaps all of the Windsor's like perhaps the Windsor line has somehow died off and you know William and Kate's descendants hundreds of years from now there was nobody left to rule and it seems like in this society not just in the lunar culture but in the universe-wide culture it seems like monarchy and blood are more important than they are currently in a very like 16th century medieval (laughs) sort of way exactly so perhaps um, without a Windsor to rule, um, it was discovered at some point that Camilla and Charles had a secret love child, you know, before they got too old, like maybe like even before Harry and William were born or something. I don't know, timelines of royal affairs, but maybe they had a secret love child and then this Queen Camilla is one of her descendants. That's my theory, because I think it's fun. Well, also, I don't think there's a better theory out there. I think you just hit the nail on the head with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So Camilla can't marry off her son. I do find it slightly annoying that all of the other earthen leaders are just like, yeah, why won't you marry her? Well, it's real easy for you to say that. You're not the one who has to marry her. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree. It's Yeah, it's very easy for somebody to tell somebody else to do something that they themselves know that it would never be a thing that they would ever have to do, ever. Absolutely. Yeah. So then here's the thing they talk about. I wanted to ask your opinion on this, is that there's this question of could she marry him by force and Torin has his theory as to why and let's have this conversation if Torin is wrong and she could force him to marry her using her lunar gift why hasn't she just already done that 
Right. Like what is stopping her from obtaining the power that way? Yeah, I assume what's stopping her is that that's not something that would work. Yeah, I, I think the only explanation as to what is stopping her is what Torin has said. Right. Yeah, because the lunar gift seems to be similar to, you know, when Professor Quirrell was cursing the Harry's broomstick and then Hermione knocked Snape into him and he broke eye contact. Right. So the lunar gift is like that sort of spell where you have to have direct, you know, eye contact or whatever. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's per- just, Perhaps not direct eye contact, but, right, but you need to be within a certain field of, of vision or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the field of influence is not infinite. You have to be tuned in in some way, like proximity wise. I otherwise. Did all of the bloodline myths and superstitions that the lunars had, did that re- remind you of the Renaissance era and divine rulers and things like that? Because that's where my mind immediately went. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I am not as good at, you know, history as you are, but even I caught that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're like ordained by God or whatever. To Yeah. And I also think that that would give us a better indication as to why the royal family is the royal family on Luna, because my thought now is that must be the oldest family that's on the moon. Like they must have been one of the first families to colonize on the moon. I would assume so. And then also because of that, most likely they were probably the first to mutate into this, you know, not quite human lunar form with these quote unquote magic powers. And so if they acquired the powers before other people, then they could use them and convince everybody that they are special and divine and should rule. And I think that's a good point because that would help explain the superstition that Torin mentions that they have about not having royal blood on the throne. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That was what I thought. And then they mentioned this Princess Winter who did I, did we know that? We, that? this is our very first mention of a princess on the moon at all, other than the lost princess who died, allegedly. Right. So yeah, this is Princess Winter. She's the stepdaughter of Queen Lavana. So Queen Lavana has been married before, and she was married to some palace guard. A mere palace guard. Yeah, no royal blood. This was shocking to me. Why on earth would she marry a mere palace guard? Okay, because the only reason to get with a palace guard is because you lust slash love them (laughs) so what because I don't expect either of those things from someone like Lavana she has a cold dead heart like what she's not it's not even just that she's calculated yes she makes her decisions in these matters based off of what is best for her and or not what she thinks is best for her and what she thinks is best for her kingdom. That's why she wants to marry Kai. That's why she wants access to Earth's resources. That's why she wants to have power and title on Earth. Why would she waste those types of opportunities 
and waste the opportunity to have a sort of advantageous marriage in that sense to just marry some mere guard. So did he die or did they divorce? He probably died. But is it said? I guess it doesn't say. Yeah. So we don't know for sure. Maybe she killed him. I don't know. I mean, she is terrible. But yeah, it just is so shocking to me that not only would she marry a palace guard, but a palace guard who already has a daughter is Which presumably means that the daughter's mother, his wife, has died or is divorced. Right. Yeah, it's just also messy. There's a lot to speculate here. Absolutely. I Um, really want to get to this part just because Kai is magnificent at the end of this chapter. So President Vargas has an announcement. And did you, when you read this announcement, did you get any flashbacks to the Hunger Games and the mutants in the Hunger Games? Immediately. Okay, thank you. Because that was all I could picture. There is a lunar army of these, like, beast soldiers like well also the way that they're described as part man part wolf i think part of me also pictures something similar to the beast from beauty and the beast where it's it's a beast you know it's a giant scary bear type creature but it walks around on leg on you know bipedal legs and stuff yes it has movement and functions of hands and possibly opposable thumbs yes absolutely agreed So let's describe, I'll I'll read real quick and see what it describes. Okay. It showed a half dozen of the creatures from the front, their faces across between man and beast. Their noses and jaws protruded awkwardly from their heads. Their lips twisted into perpetual grimaces. White spots erupted from their mouths. Kai could not see them clearly, could not know for sure, but they gave him the distinct impression things creepy terrifying super creepy terrifying so they have all this speculation what are these creatures okay they're mutants they're genetically engineered there's we only saw 600 of them we assume that there's thousands maybe even tens of thousands we don't know anything about them we don't know if they possess magic we don't know if they're lunar we don't know if they've been given you know any extra powers or abilities and then Torin says we have no proof that they kill their ungifted infants but for the readers Dr. Erlond pretty much confirmed in the last chapter that they have enforced infanticide on the moon so is it one of those like myth things the legends that you hear but it's not enforced or is it just something people don't talk about because Dr. Erlon made it very clear to us as the reader that that's how he lost his daughter. Right. No, I would think that lunars probably don't talk about it, but they probably all know that it's true and the policy. And I would think that on earth they would hear hints of it, but not be able to confirm. What do you think of Torin's accusation that these men could be used for manual labor. I think that's silly. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's just grasping at straws trying to prevent panic. I think you're right. And then I love Kai 
so much because all these earthen leaders and Lavana and Sybil and even Torin have been treating him like this little baby who has no idea what he's doing, who is thrust into a position of power before he was ready. And he is the only one who sees the big picture that's going on. Exactly. Go Kai. Because seriously, why is this army just suddenly standing out in the open? Especially if Luna supposedly has a network of lava tubes that they could be hiding in still. And I love that even just the the whole concept to me that no one else out of all of these leaders and representatives and people who have far more experience and training and preparation than he does notice it. They were all so swept up in what are these creatures? Why does she have a new army? It didn't occur to them to question what they were doing outside. And like he says, like they have nothing better to do than have their pictures taken. Right. (laughs) They're just standing there. Like literally just standing there motionless. What? Yeah, clearly that's some sort of stunt. And like he says, he thinks she's trying to threaten him. What do you think of that? I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so too. What else could it possibly be? So there were no eggs or gloves in this chapter because Cinder wasn't there. I'm still keeping track of the gloves now. (laughs) That's awesome. I I love that we're tracking gloves. So Ashley couldn't be here, but I have her quote. Bottom of page 257. No, I think she's trying to threaten me. I think you are correct, Ashley. (laughs) I think so too. Yeah, specifically. Absolutely. Becca, what was your quote? And my quote was from page 248 because I love me some sassy Kai. He says, now is that the one where the dominatrix queen throws a tantrum and threatens war every time she doesn't get her way? You know, directing to the point. I love it. I love the sass. I also love how he's he's calling her out and saying that she's throwing a temper tantrum, but he's doing it by being sassy and passive aggressive. Like that's not much better. But for some reason, I like it better from him. <laughs> Same, same, me too. But also, I mean, he's what, like a 19-year-old kid, you know? Right, absolutely. It's a lot more appropriate for him to be sassy and throwing temper tantrums than it is this grown-ass queen. Absolutely. Okay, so are you ready for chapter 27? Oh, no. I know. Get your tissues ready, guys. I cried a lot. So we pick up with Cinder. We're back at the quarantines. She's taken another hover there so she can see her sister and bring her the antidote. Each lifeless body, we find out, is missing their ID chips. The body count is rising, which means the disease is spreading like crazy. And she finally finds Peony. And she keeps getting all these pings from Audrey and she ignores the pings, and this whole thing just happens so fast. So fast. And this is where I start bawling, just immediately start bawling, because Peony is just barely hanging on. She's groaning. She's not even saying real words. Yeah. She just, the only word that she says is mom. Ugh. 
which, like, which also I'm so sorry because I'm already crying again which also means that Peony's last word was mom the last thing that yeah. Peony wanted in the world the most was her mother and hate Audrey as much as we do Audrey wanted to be with her daughter and couldn't and that's that's really unfortunate I just wanted to commend Sender on having the forethought to save that the precious liquid that's in that vial because she's holding her sister's lifeless body in her arms and she still has the wherewithal to conserve that liquid knowing that it's too late to save peony and this is just it's just a much more mature and aware sender than we've seen so far and Mm -hmm. it's very nice to see that maturity develop in her especially in a moment so severe and so overwhelming she just amazes me with just how she is all the time (laughs) she's just very she's a very impressive heroine like she just I don't know how she can be such a good kind loving decent person having been raised by Audrey (laughs) but I suppose though you know, even though she doesn't remember her first 11 years, I suppose it doesn't mean that she's not influenced by whatever happened then. I, I don't know. Maybe she was cuddled enough as an infant. And, you know, that like, I guess it's supposed to help you not be a sociopath. But she just, yeah, she is a flipping rock star with this antidote. She is. She, she saves it in Peony and I'm crying and <sighs> yeah. And that moment where she talks about being able to smell Peony shampoo and uh, she says from a few days before, how many days do we think it's been since Peony got taken to the quarantines? Like five, maybe six? Probably. Yeah. This thing moves so fast. That sounds about right though. Five or six days. Not even a week. It's so incredibly daunting how quickly this disease takes you. And I'm sure you loved this this imagery line from Marissa Meyer. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that is my quote. <laughs> oh, is it? That makes me that makes sense to me, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, the imagery, the imagery. It's always amazing. I just Marissa Meyer, gosh darn, I don't believe in religion, but I believe in you because (laughs) (laughs) she's so Uh, talented. And then badass Cinder, I mean, not only does she save this vial, she is having physical pain. So her chip is not working. So she's able to fight against that, which we've shown before that that'll just make her flat out pass out immediately. And she's able to fight off the med droids. Did you get, I had a Harry Potter moment here. Okay. So in the seventh book, spoiler for anyone who hasn't read the seventh book or watched the seventh movie, I would, you know, fast forward two minutes or something. Um, In the seventh book, Harry talks about 
It was only with Dobby's death that he was finally able to ignore Voldemort and shut him out and not get sucked into those visions. And I kind of felt that here. It's with the pain of losing her sister that she is able to ignore this tension and this pain in her spine because one pain is just so much worse than the other. Oh, God. Yeah. And I've never been sunburnt before, but I can, but I know from my spouse, you know, I know from my husband what it must feel like. And I can't imagine that on the inside. You've never been sunburned. Oh, no, I tan immediately. Wow. Okay. That blows my mind. I, (laughs) okay. You should see me in the summer. I get like three shades darker. Oh, no. I I mean, I know that, but yeah. To have never been sunburned blows my mind, but also, yeah, you're married to a ginger, so yeah, so yes, I've been. It's been explained to me the the pain that goes with it. I know how uncomfortable Quentin gets if he ever is in a moment where he wasn't prepared, but I can't imagine that on the inside of your body. I can't, and I have been sunburned countless times, and I still cannot fathom how terrible that feeling would be from the inside and you know and and then a sunburn you know it makes you pukey and tired and headachey too you know in addition to like the burny stingy burn and yeah it's so crazy to me that she can she can't cry but she gets like a headache and anyone who cries knows you usually get a headache after you cry but it feels undeserving to have a headache from not being able to cry. Like she doesn't deserve to have the headache if she can't cry. The actual tears. Mm. Poor Cinder. And then, yeah, and then she has the wherewithal to fight these medroids and get Peony's ID chip. All the while she's holding this vial. It, um, and that's so, it's so charged of a moment where she literally rips apart the android, stabs it in the head until the sensor goes off. And that part where she has to cut out her sister's ID. I have sisters. I have three sisters. We're all very close. We literally text each other on a daily basis. I have gotten three comms from them while we've been recording. They're all silly. Um, They're all silly. They're, they're, Lindsay went to Target today without us, and we all used to go to Target together. So she sent us a picture of her Starbucks cup in a cart and her walking around Target and said she misses us. And so it's just all of us responding to that. I can't imagine having to cut out the ID chip of of a baby sister, not just a sister, but a younger sister that you've always sort of felt a protective connection to no that's like too painful to even think about but she just wants to preserve that last piece of peony that she can she doesn't want anyone else to be peony yeah she doesn't want her like violated in that way like violating her wrist with a knife is like a lesser evil type violation when compared with stealing her identity in any way absolutely and this part is so eerie Oh my gosh, the ashes and ring this around the This is how room. I read that. This is how I read that. Ashes, ashes. 
Like he can barely get the words out because he's sick and dying. It's just like a raspy whisper, but he's still trying to sing. Yes, absolutely. Like, so it's like this ring around the Rosie is like ghost children in a horror movie. It creeps me out. And who's singing it? Chang Flippin Sunto. What a callback. Who else forgot that that was even a person that existed? Chapter one, Baker's Little Child. She's so amazing. She just, at that point, she just wants to save someone and she literally forces him to drink it. Someone, anyone, you know, even, even, I mean, not, not that Chang Sunto, you know, ever did her any harm at all. Um, but his mom didn't really like Cinder, but she's, she's going to save him because she's Cinder. You know, that's what, that's what Cinder does. Um, oh, it's great. It's so great. And then she thinks she's going to be, she gets accosted by these medroids and she thinks she's going to be arrested. Well, she is being arrested, but she thinks she's going to be arrested for, for what do you think she's thinking here? Is it for stealing the ID chip or for attacking the medroid or both, I guess? I would think both. I would think though, probably initially the medroid attack because that was the most visible. Yes. Not not everybody from a distance would have realized that she had taken Peony's ID chip. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, she's actually being arrested as a runaway cyborg. Yeah, let's talk what? about that for a second. Okay, thank you. Because it has been like not two minutes since she got those couple of comms from Audrey and then turned off her thing like she turns her ringer off or whatever right um and she's already being arrested for having run away what is audrey expecting well also who is this protection act meant to protect because it doesn't seem like it's protecting cyborgs i think it's meant to protect the rich people who own the cyborgs quite honestly I think you're right, because otherwise it makes no sense whatsoever. And then I wrote, I wrote in my notes that the next ID chip she needs to cut out is her own. Hell yeah, it is. Oh, maybe that's how she found her so quickly. Like, like a locator from the ID chip. Oh, that's interesting. And do you suppose that the reason Audrey was mad was because she did like the find my friends thing and saw where Cinder was and got pissed off. Possibly that I wonder if Audrey knows that Cinder's in the quarantines or she just sees her somewhere outside the district. Cause remember they said those quarantines popped up basically overnight. True. So they may not be labeled on whatever, like find my friends app they're using in the right. Commonwealth in one twenty whatever TE. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's uh that's the end of this chapter. We we say goodbye, a very sad farewell to Peony. Rest in peace. Oh. Let's have a moment of silence for Peony. Rest in peace, sweet Peony. A poor Cinder just lost her sister and is now getting arrested. And we'll have to wait till the next episode to see why. Bonkers. 
So again, no Easter eggs, but this chapter did have six gloves. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, what was your quote for this chapter? So my quote on page 262, uncomfortable heat like a sunburn on the inside. I can't resist the sass and I can't resist the imagery. Yeah, I, I, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, Becca's going to love this imagery so much. <laughs> so Ashley's quote was, you are hereby in violation of the Cyborg Protection Act and have been labeled a runaway cyborg. Ooh, I can't wait to get Ashley's opinion on this chapter next week. <laughs> okay, yes, Ashley, we need you. Yeah, I, I get major slavery vibes with this whole cyborg thing. It makes Absolutely. Me so yucky. Yeah. What was your quote? My quote was, each breath stung as it entered her throat, rank with the stench around her. But even now she caught whiffs of peony shampoo from so many days past. I have sisters. I'm very close with my sisters. As soon as I read that, I could smell my sister's, Lin my sister's shampoo. Uh. Lindsay... And Samantha and I all use the same shampoo. We always have. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And as soon as I, I as soon as I read that, I would I could, I could smell the shampoo, and I it just brought me back to, you know, doing my makeup in the bathroom while they're, you know, getting dressed or taking a shower or whatever. Yeah. Um, it just made me miss my sisters so much. And I can't even imagine what Cinder has to go through right now. Yeah, it's just all too much. It is. And next I, week yeah. we have even more. Oh, and I really, I very much enjoyed that passage that you chose. I just could not pick that as my favorite quote because I hate it. <laughs> I love the good writing and it's good, you know, but it just makes me too sad. It makes me sad, but it was definitely what stood out to me the most in that chapter. Absolutely. Yeah. So for the next episode, we are going to do chapters 28 and 29. Okay. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and send us submissions for Fan Art Friday. That's exciting. And uh, you can now, just a reminder, you can listen to us on Google Podcasts and Pandora now uh, because we got added to both of those. So that's exciting. You can you can listen to us in all kinds of different places. Is Pandora still the thing where you can go and make a channel? Like, can I go and make a Prince Kai fan pod channel? And then will it, like, play music also? Like, I don't know how it works. That used to be a thing, right? You used to just be able to, like, I want to listen to Black Eyed Peas and it would be like Black Eyed Peas radio and it'll play like Black Eyed Peas songs and then it would play like other songs like that. So it, it will do that, but not with music. It does it with podcasts. And I actually have the list of the six podcasts that it would play in succession with ours. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yes, please. Okay. Okay. Muggle pop, Muggle cast which is the oldest Harry Potter podcast. Holy cow. They've been around since like before the last movie came out. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they're old school. Yes. 
uh, the writer files. Some of these I've never heard of. Okay. The, anth anthrop the Anthropocene Reviewed. Okay. Clark's World Magazine. What should I read next? And Alohomora, which I've listened to. It's a global reread of Harry Potter. It's another Harry Potter podcast. So yeah, those are those are some of the ones that it would suggest if you liked our podcast. So that's really cool that um, we've we are now in so many locations. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Castbox, Podbean, Listener Notes, Podcast Addicts, Google Pod, Pandora Podcasts, and we're waiting on iHeartRadio. And then, gosh, we're everywhere, you guys. We're everywhere. You can't escape us. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it's how it is. It's fine. It's a good thing. It's exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so great. And please leave us a review at any of those places. Um, our goal is to get to 30 on Apple Pods, right? By the end of Cinder. Just 30 in general. It doesn't have to just okay. be on Apple Pods. Because anytime okay. we get a review, I add it to our website. Oh, smart. Okay. So, oh, good. Okay. So our goal is 30 by the time we get to the end of Cinder. So we're approaching that actually. So if you enjoyed the episode today, if you'd like to help us out, we'd so appreciate it. Rate, review, and subscribe. And then wherever you get your podcasts from, um, go ahead and review us. Or you can also message us directly on PrinceKaiFanPod at Gmail, through our website, or through any of our social media. And we will also read those reviews on the next episode. Although I'm sure that if you tell us not to read whatever you're messaging us, we also would not. So absolutely, if you're not messaging us because you don't want your stuff read, don't let that stop you. Just tell us. Absolutely. And if you do message about spoilers, I'll probably answer you anyways. <laughs> probably. And hopefully Ashley will be with us next time. It'll be the, the three amigos again. I missed her. I did too. Well, so we will see you next time. Yes. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Rebecca Baker. Thank you for listening.